And good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. This is Harrison Smith with another episode of Cinema, brought to you again by Dark Matter TV. Dark Matter TV is a streaming platform where you can find not just current genre entertainment and horror, sci-fi, thriller, and action, but also classic content that takes you back to the great old days of late night cable and finding those cult and classic films that they just don't make anymore. Available for download on Android or Apple, or visit darkmattertv.com. It's free, it's fun, and it's gonna grow. Well, it started out great. Now everyone thinks it's fake. I mean, Ayla, that's the internet. People shit on everything. 10,000 views is pretty good. The sound clip that you just heard is from my latest horror film, Where the Scary Things Are, and, and I put it in there because I think it's absolutely appropriate for this episode. Looking at movie trailer reviews. And before we get into that, let's go back to that sound clip. I firmly believe that a majority of the internet is reserved for just shitting on movies. And for some reason, there's this anger that has been tapped into by social media and the internet for people just to vent. And we could get into the sociological aspects of everything all day about this. But there is something to it. And there is an inherent anger over things. So before I get into movie trailer reviews and sound like that angry guy, I want to look at this just a little bit. Why is it that it seems people just want to shit all over movies on the internet? And is it because we are faced with a kind of helplessness? I think for me, that's where part of this comes from. And in some way, we're kind of like victims. And that is we have to accept what Hollywood gives us. Now, you can argue, well, there's the indie movement. And I am part of that indie movement, making stuff that is not big studio tentpole. Yet at the same time, that's where most indie people want to end up. Because that's where the money is. So when it comes to beloved franchises, and I've talked about this in previous episodes such as Ghostbusters, there is an element of anger when we see things that we've grown up with, that we have warm memories attached to, fond memories attached to, suddenly being screwed with. And I think that's part of it. It's almost like the internet is the only way to really fight back or yell back and rage against the machine. So you'll notice when things come out, and this is leading right into this episode with trailer reviews, and a new trailer drops on something, it seems that instantly the first reaction, instead of going, wow, this looks interesting, or some type of critical assessment of what was just shown to us, and we'll get into why we were shown what we were shown, there just seems to be almost an instant knee-jerk backlash reaction, and that is, I hate it. I don't like it. This is going to suck. This looks awful. I could do a better job, blah, 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 blah. The same comments go on. And you can go back to some previous episodes that I've done where, again, a comment does not constitute a review. A review is an entirely different thing. So whether it's an IMDb comment, an Amazon comment, a Rotten Tomatoes comment, those are not reviews. A review is, a, is an essay, is an, an analysis based upon critical thinking and looking at the subject matter 
from an objective point of view, not going in biased and going, I hate this, I don't like this, this looks awful. So there's this inherent urge to attack things and destroy things. And to me, sometimes I don't think it's so much of an offensive move. I think a lot of the times it's defensive and we don't really realize it. I am not excusing, rationalizing, or even enabling terrible people that drop awful comments. Look, I've had uh, guests on my show, especially uh, Tucky Williams, if you go back to episode six, where she talked about how people just assailed her online for her one uh, project with no really good reason. There was no critical thinking behind it. It was just this lashing out. But Tucky did not create anything that was a remake. So we looked at before, for example, I brought up the Ghostbusters 2016 trailer, which I think to this day still holds the record for the most negative response and amount of negative reviews and comments, I should say comments, not reviews, uh, on this piece when it was released. It was just so uniformly despised. And the question is, why? And I mentioned it in that episode that I think there is an element of people going, stop screwing with my memories. Stop messing with what I love. Now that excuses maybe, or at least gives an answer, uh, some kind of answer to the backlash against tentpole movies, where again, these are remakes of previous hits and a cynical attempt a lot of times just to remake it for a cash grab and, and appeal to a whole new generation, which just makes the cash register jing. What do you do with indie films that get their trailers put out there and the instant reaction is that people hate everything? Now, I've quoted Eli Roth on here when he talks about horror fans because it seems that with horror films, which let's get it right out in the, in the open, one of the best ways or best chances of recouping an investor's money on an indie film is to make a horror film. The reason why is because, of course, it has a very general appeal. It's the low-hanging fruit, maybe, in, on the tier of, of indie films. Let's face it, a lot of people aren't rushing out uh, to theaters to watch indie art house movies in that general aspect. I know that they do, but what I'm saying is horror seems to appeal to a far wider base and therefore you're casting a wider net and the chances of recoupment are much greater. That's why there are so many indie horror films of varying content and quality. So we're going to look at something here. I'm going to use my films as, as an example coming up for, for trailer reviews. Now, recently, Dune, the big-budget remake of the already disastrous 1984 film based on Frank Herbert's classic and best-selling books, uh, Dune, the Dune series, is, once again, uh, they dropped the trailer. It is coming out in theaters again. Now, I feel really bad because, first of all, the 1984 film, as we know, was not well-received and really misconceived. I'm not 100% sure here that David Lynch was the right guy to be directing Dune. And most of all, to take a complex and multi-layered story and try to crush that down into a two-hour film, it really just doesn't seem smart. A series always seems to be the better way to go. And they have made Dune into a series, but they're trying again for this feature film because the lure of having some high-concept Lord of the Rings substitute 
which they can say, look, they pulled it off of Lord of the Rings, and I'm willing to bet when this feature film project was pitched, Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson were invoked, they're going to try it again. So the trailer dropped, and instantly there were trailer reviews. And one of them just came out and said, uh, basically, that the trailer looked just okay, and that they expect that the film will be mediocre. Now, I am not a huge Dune fan, and I have not seen the film, so I can't defend the motion picture. But I am about to say, which is the whole pretext for this episode, and that is, opinions on trailers are bullshit. They mean nothing. So first, let's look at what a trailer for a movie is supposed to do. And I think you can probably guess, the number one thing that a trailer for any movie is supposed to do is to get you to want to see it. That's it. So what do you think they're going to do? Let's think about this for a moment. When making a trailer for a movie, what do you think the first objective is in this to get you to see it? And that is, let's get the best parts of this thing and put it into this trailer. Now, you can synthesize it down into a teaser and make a 30-second teaser. You can make a one-minute trailer. Sometimes you can make even a two-minute trailer, and, and we all know what that's like. For example, I think one of the worst trailers for a horror film to come out in a while was the trailer for Pet Cemetery, the remake. And the reason why is because basically they showed you the whole movie. Now, you can argue, wait a minute, it's based on a Stephen King property, people who read the book, and it was a bestseller. They're going to know how this story goes anyway. I know, but shouldn't there still be surprises? Basically, they spoon-fed you through this trailer. I truly felt, after watching the trailer for the remake of Pet Cemetery, that there just really was no need to see the film. I got the feeling for the feel of this remake, the tone of this remake, and the overall quality. And based on just what I saw with the trailer, it didn't really excite me. Now, before you think, see, you should review a trailer, Harrison, because there you go. You, you kind of got the feel of the film. No, 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 no. Based on what I got out of the trailer, it did not excite me to see the motion picture. But I went anyway to judge the motion picture upon its own merits. Now, to be fair, I did walk out of the movie feeling that on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best, well, I felt that the Pet Cemetery remake was a solid 4.5. It was okay. It wasn't badly made. But I kind of felt when it was all over, kind of like with the, with the It uh, two-parter, and that is, was this trip really necessary? Not quite sure. I, I think it would have been just fine as a video release. But that is neither here nor there for the purpose of this episode. So you look at a trailer and the number one thing is to pack it full of some of the best things that you possibly can to get people to watch it. Now, on that note, let's go way back over 20 years and let's look at Weekend at Bernie's. And I'm using that trailer for an example because if you find the trailer on YouTube right now, take a look at it. Quite frankly, watching that trailer in the theaters, and if I remember right, they had a preview for The Simpsons. The Simpsons actually had this kind of like, uh, they did short subject things uh, before movies. That was when they came off the Tracy Ullman show and they were kind of moving into that Fox series, which is still running, obviously. But The Simpsons did have one or two short subjects. And if I'm not mistaken, 
the preview came either right before or right after that Simpsons short. So you're riding off of that. The audience was pumped and I was managing uh, a local cineplex at the time. And I remembered standing in a packed movie house for the trailer for Weekend at Bernie's. And I can't remember what movie it played on. But the audience was laughing like crazy at this preview. And I got to admit, I watched that preview and I go, my God, this looks stupid as hell and really, really funny, especially when they're dragging Bernie behind the boat and he's hitting the buoys. And the whole gag, of course, is, is that it's this dead body. They're just abusing this corpse through this whole movie. That's the running gag. And it's dumb and it's check your brain at the door entertainment. But man, based on that trailer... I'm going to see this. So I did go see it. And I'm even going to even be more fair to the movie. I was totally wrecked out of my mind watching this movie. And about 15 minutes in, even in the uh, altered state that I was with a bunch of my friends and a gigantic bag of popcorn, I'm talking like in one of those 50-gallon plastic garbage bags filled with buttered popcorn, man, I realized I'd been hosed. I mean, it it was like we saw all the best stuff in the trailer. And this thing is going to go on for like 90 minutes. And it's going to be the the next like 75 minutes are going to be the longest of my life. And that's exactly how the movie played out. There were about 30 to 60 seconds worth of laughs in a 90-minute movie. Now, based on that trailer, that should have been the comedy hit of the year. Now, we know it went on to, to... Uh, spur a sequel, but who really cares? I mean, the sequel really lived up to what the trailer did, and that is what was already a 30 seconds worth of comedy film. uh, They just ran that into the ground with another 90-minute sequel. So this is where I'm transitioning now to give you my best analogy of what I think a trailer review is, and that is it's like walking into the doorway of a restaurant taking three good sniffs and declaring this place sucks. That's my analogy for a movie trailer. So based on three whiffs of whatever is in the air, that's what you're going to give your review upon. You're not taking anything into consideration. The service, the menu, the quality of the food on the palate itself. You're not tasting anything you're getting some whiffs. Or maybe you just do get into the restaurant and you lick a plate and you decide to judge everything on this restaurant by those little tidbits. If we were to judge the trailers for Jaws and Star Wars, let's look at these two. Two of the films that one spawned the blockbuster and the other uh, continued that legacy and really spawned the, the franchise movement. We could argue Jaws 2 really kicked that into full motion, but Star Wars, man, ignited a, a toy and marketing and sequel franchise juggernaut. So these two films that went on to change the way that movies are made, distributed, marketed, and merchandised, and gave way to the entire tentpole franchise movement, if they were to be judged on their trailers they would have bombed. So I challenge you now, go on YouTube, find the trailer for Jaws and watch it. First of all, that trailer is way too long. Second of all, they don't really show you a lot except a lot of people being very angsty and yelling 
and screaming, really, there's no shark. There's no nothing in this. You have the the chilling music, the John Williams score, and it's coming off of, of course, Benchley's best-selling book. But based on that trailer, it looks like a cheesy monster movie. And it's not paced well. The editing of that trailer is dismal. And then even at the end, even though you have the Jaws guy, that guy with that voice, listen to the pause when it comes up at the end. Jaws. See it. He does that, that pause between that. It's silliness. The trailer is terrible. And I don't know who cut that trailer, but I can't imagine it was Verna Fields, the editor of Jaws. It needed some real editing. Now, by today's standards, if you had somebody, I'd love to see somebody do a modern cut of the Jaws trailer. And I'm telling you, it will be far better. But if Jaws' success was based and predicated only on that trailer, that movie should have died a miserable death because there's nothing there that would make me want to see this motion picture. So now let's look at Star Wars. Go back to the original trailer where Orson Welles is narrating the trailer, okay? And Orson Welles was supposed to be the original voice of Darth Vader. And then they, thank God, went with James Earl Jones. But look at that trailer. It does not give you anything that would make you want to see this movie. In fact, the trailer is so cheesy that it kind of looks like the HBO short. If you remember, they did a short, a spoof of Star Wars called Hardware Wars. Go look up that movie short. It played on HBO. I remember that in between feature films. They had it playing for a while. And it's a short spoof on Star Wars. And the way that that plays out with that narrator, and that was that 1950s voice guy that did that, almost very Orson Welles-like, the actual trailer for Star Wars is not much different than the entire short of Hardware Wars. So based on that trailer, I can't believe Star Wars did any business because there is nothing about that trailer that would make me want to see that movie, let alone Spawn, a major franchise that would change the entire landscape of the filmmaking industry. Nothing there. So now I ask you, what good are trailer reviews? And my response is simple. They aren't. There's nothing good for trailer reviews and they serve absolutely zero purpose. It's like asking somebody, what do you think the winter is going to be like this year? My response is always, I don't know. Ask me in the spring. And that's the same way when people say, what did you think of the trailer, Harrison, for this movie? I don't know. It looks like a trailer. I'll see the movie and then I'll get back to you. How about judging the movie on its actual merits instead of a 30 or 90 second clip that is manipulating you to see the movie? You think they're going to put in all the long draggy parts or the bad special effects or the terrible acting? You really think they're going to do that? You are totally being manipulated. So what good does a trailer review serve? And again, the answer is none. So I'm going to go from personal experience now and talk about when I first came across these trailer reviews. And that was when Death House was coming out. So we dropped the original full-length trailer. We did do, I believe, a 30-second teaser for Death House as the film was being edited to get it ready for the convention circuit because that's where Gunnar Hansen wanted the film to play. 
So we edited a 30 second teaser, which really didn't have much of anything except highlighting the concept that this movie would be boasting the largest horror icon cast in the history of the genre. Now we move on from there to an actual trailer. And the trailer emphasized action. It showed a lot of the faces. We made sure that the trailer also showed uh, the names of, of many of the horror icons that were going to be in there. And we also show that it takes place in this subterranean cavern kind of jail, this prison. So we got it out there. I felt it was a well-cut trailer. And of course, I wanted to make sure that we put in pretty much all the highlights. And we highlight all our stars, including our young cast of the very attractive pairing of Cody Longo and Courtney Palm as the young FBI agents. We show Barbara Crampton. We show Dee Wallace. We show Kane Hodder. We show Bill Mosley. We we show all these big names. We show Sid Haig. We wanted to let everybody know We are in the big league here with the horror names. You're getting what you paid for. Now, I'm going to tell you, we make sure we put in all those heavy hitting notes. We're checking off the boxes as we go in this trailer. The trailer drops at one of these horror conventions. I believe it was in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, somewhere down there. It might have been Nashville, Tennessee. I, I can't remember where it was, but it was a big deal. It was a trailer debut. And it seemed to hit all the right notes. Well, it didn't take long. The trailer reviewers stepped forward. And I I couldn't believe it at first. Somebody said, oh, Harrison, go go to this one guy. He reviews movie trailers. And I even thought upon that. I'm like, that's pretty stupid. Why does anybody review movie trailers? I mean, what's the point in that? So I went and I watched the trailer on this person's site. And then I read and the comments But I watched this guy, I guess what he did was, is it was like a split screen or he was up in the corner and he has the headset on, you know, almost like he's a gamer or or that, you know, douchey PewDiePie kind of guy as he's narrating this trailer. And it, to me, it was abject silliness. This is stupid. Like, are you important? Like, why are you doing this? You don't look good doing it. You look like a douche. That was my opinion. And um, even if he loved it, It wasn't going to make a difference to me. I thought the whole concept of a trailer review is just absolute nonsense. And so this guy is going through and he's talking about, oh, look, it's obvious they didn't have a budget for this. Um, It's obvious they shot it on a low-end camera. Everything's dark. They're using a red light, which is a sign of low budget and cheap because the red light just, you know, you throw actors into that. And I'm listening to this absolute ignorance of this entire movie because he's looking at this trailer that I took the bait and I responded in a comment and I didn't respond you know "Eh, screw you you didn't like my movie wah 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 and sour grapes I responded back you are wrong you may have an opinion but it doesn't mean your opinion is right Number one, let's look at the budget. We actually had a pretty decent budget for this movie. It was over $1 million. Not bad for this kind of horror film. Number two, we shot it on the Alexa Pro. It wasn't like we shot it on some low-end digital camera or even tape. This was one of the best cameras in the industry with a Steadicam, with everything, and a top-notch DP. Well, it's all dark down there. Everything's dark. And the reason why they did that is they didn't have a budget for lighting. Again, stupid. 
That is not the case. In the movie, the power goes out because of an EMP blast and knocks everything down, disabling the facility and killing the lights. So most of the film is lit through these Krypton bulb type flashlights because they got to get around through this completely darkened facility. Not because we didn't have the money for lights. And that also shows you how ignorant this reviewer is to production on a set. Low budget doesn't really impact on the ability to light your set. I mean, you can argue that, look, if you have absolutely no money and it's a, a zero shoestring, maybe. But we had plenty of lights in a huge, gigantic uh, G&E truck. Plenty of lights. That wasn't the point. And on top of it, you still need major lights to make it look dark. We didn't just shoot with flashlights. So this person has obviously never been on a movie set and does not know how to light. If you think you just take a camera in the dark and start shooting actors, then you better go back and look at 80s movies when they're running in the dark and you have those big smoke-filled gigantic lights in the background hidden behind a tree so you get the lens flares coming through the, the forest. Uh, what do you, where do you think they get that from? It's supposed to be nighttime. Where is that light coming from? It's stylistic. That's one. So we have a movie trailer reviewer here that doesn't understand the fundamentals in filmmaking. The red lighting is used to signify that the main power has gone down. And for a brief period of time, those lights will come on until the batteries drain on those as well too. So again, making a judgment on a, I think it was a, a 70 minute, uh, 70 second trailer, um, really bad. And then on top of it, well, you know, I'm looking at the acting and all. acting. What the hell are you talking about? It's it's under two minutes. You're judging an entire film on two minutes. You're you're just looking at a bunch of images stitched together to get you to come see the movie. And you're judging an entire 90 minute movie on 70 seconds, 80 seconds. Again, stand in the doorway of the restaurant, take three sniffs and make a judgment. So I watched this entire thing. I found it absolutely silly. And uh, so I posted something. I wrote a comment. And I wrote the comment very objectively. And I wrote that, you know, you're wrong here, you're wrong here, you're wrong here, and you're wrong here. You, you've totally got this wrong. And why don't you reserve your judgment for the final film? That would be a novel concept. So then all of a sudden, I guess this reviewer's fans or whatever, you know, all 16 subscribers decided to try to pile on me. And somebody wrote back, it's his channel. He's entitled to say what he wants. And I wrote back and it's my film. And the filmmaker reserves the right to comment on their film. So what do you want? I'm being far more objective in this guy's review. And I put that in quotes because it's not, it's just a litany of comments stitched together than what this guy was affording me in an analysis of my motion picture based on 70 to 80 seconds. So let's switch gears now and look at this. What was this guy's point? Was it really to enlighten us on Death House? Did he look at the history of the motion picture long before I came to the project? Did he look at the history of this and how it came about with Gunnar Hansen and his manager and trying to put together this Expendables of Horror thing, which by the way, I never was behind in the first place, but if it helped market it and get it into people's heads, so be it. 
There was nothing positive to find about this. There was nothing even to say like, my God, I love all these horror icons. I love Kane Hodder. Uh, There was nothing like that. Instead, it was just this guy ranting. And the funny part is, is when I come to defend my motion picture based on the merits of what I have made as a motion picture, I'm the bad guy. I'm the angry guy. I'm the sour grapes guy. I'm the ranter. I sound mean. I sound angry. This guy sounds like an uninformed douche is what he sounds like. How about I meet any of you listening right now and give me 30 seconds picked out of your life and let's pick the moments randomly in your life and I make an entire judgment upon you as a person based on those 30 or I'll give you even 90 seconds. In fact, I'll give you two minutes out of your life. Imagine your entire life is judged on a fraction of what you've lived. And some of you are going right now, I'd be on my way to hell right about now. This is exactly what constitutes a trailer review. These are people that either don't have the talent, the wherewithal, or the gumption to actually get up and make something and put themselves out there to be openly and objectively be criticized. So they sit around and they criticize what other people make and do. I'm going to read you a quote by Teddy Roosevelt. And he says this, he said, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. That comes from President Teddy Roosevelt, April 23rd, 1910. I have no problem accepting criticism especially if it comes from critical thinking. But a trailer review, you're going to judge my entire motion picture based on 60 to 90 seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, that is nonsense, especially in a society now that loves the memes and the phrase, don't judge, don't judge. But that's exactly what you were doing. And I will end this podcast under the theory that the reason why they do this is because when you shit on something, that gets far more attention and also insights because look, it got me to comment, right? And I'm sure this trailer reviewer uh, in quotes sat back and went, I got the director and writer of the movie to comment on my site. And that just gets people to talk. That's exactly what I think is the central core of a trailer review and most of all, shitting on everything on the internet. 
This is Harrison Smith. Thank you for listening. I look forward to talking with you again next week. Thank you. Check out my cinema blog on horrorfuel.net and download Dark Matter TV for your Apple or Android devices.